what a final farewell that was. A fitting final farewell. Hello again, everyone. Welcome in to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, and this is the Survivor Series 2020 pay-per-view review. Before I get into the final farewell of The Undertaker, I have to go over each match of this pay-per-view, each match for this pay-per-view. And we're going to start out with this. We're going to start out the 18-man dual brand battle royal on the kickoff show. It was Team Raw, The Miz, John Morrison, Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Elias, Jeff Hardy, Ricochet, all on Team Raw, taking on Team SmackDown, consisting of Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Buddy Murphy, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Kalisto. It was interesting to see how this went. I thought this was a pretty fun battle royal. Morrison was the first one to get eliminated, and he was eliminated by Dominic less than 30 seconds into the match. What have they been doing with Morrison is beyond me. I don't know. He seems to just be like Mrs. Lackey when he could be doing so much more. But that's a little complaint I have for this match. But other than that, this was a pretty darn good battle royal, I thought. Better, the better ones, one of the better ones I've seen recently. The finish, the final four actually, um, was Miz, Gable, Hardy, and Dominic. So Gable eliminates Jeff pretty quickly after they kind of all meet up in the ring. Uh, Dominic kicks Miz out of the ring. after he went over the top rope and back into the ring. And then Dom eliminates Gable after a 6-1-9. And then Dom thinks he won. Miz comes up from behind and then throws him out, typical Battle Royal fashion, where it's like The Rock taking out the big show or whatever. And I don't even know. That was, no, it's not. That's not That's not it. Because that's The Rock uh, was actually eliminated in the Royal Rumble and... Big Show honestly should have won that one in 2000, but that's a different story to get into at another time. But I thought this was a decent battle royal overall. I hope they continue to build Miz up. I had a feeling they were going to do a cash-in later on in the night. I thought it would make sense later on in the night. But this is a decent battle royal. I'm going to give it a B-. Then we get the pay-per-view kicked off proper. So on the main show, first match was Team Raw, AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle with almost AJ Styles' hired muscle against Team SmackDown, consisting of Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. And both teams seem to be pretty dysfunctional heading into this match. And really, Raw cleans house pretty, pretty quickly. Raw, not quickly, but Raw cleans house. And the first elimination takes place when that Seth Rollins wants to get wants to get tagged in. He gets tagged in. And Rollins gets on his knees. He tells Sheamus to do your part. And then Sheamus Bro kicks Rollins and pins Rollins to eliminate him. That makes it 5-4 Raw. And then SmackDown has a conference. Strowman runs them over. Strowman wants his team to get all on the same page. 
I picked Raw to win this match, in all honesty, if you listen to my predictions before this on my uh, previous episode on the Weekend Review, I had Raw winning this somehow because they're a dysfunctional team, and typically the dysfunctional team wins it, but both teams are really pretty much pretty dysfunctional here. Um, The next elimination happens... After Kevin Owens uh, hits stunners on Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Riddle, he hits a, hits a stunner party. And then a phenomenal forearm by AJ Styles to KO. It was a distraction while AJ was on the apron. And then KO was eliminated after the phenomenal forearm. It's 5-3 to three Raw. And then Corbin comes in, hits the end of days on AJ. Team Raw breaks it up. Sheamus gets hit with a deep six. Uh, kick to Corbin by AJ, and then a Pele floating bro to Corbin, and he's eliminated. It's 5-2 Raw Raw now with Otis and Jay still remaining for Team SmackDown. And Otis gets eliminated after he slams Strowman, hits the Caterpillar on Strowman, but then Riddle distracts Otis as he's going for that big splash. And then Corbin, not Corbin, but Strowman grabs him off the top turnbuckle, power slams Otis, and then he's eliminated 5-1 to one now. Jey Uso, and he's got to have a seat at the table with Roman Reigns. He's just out there super kicking everybody. Payman's uh, watching this match from the back. Knee to Uso by Riddle, super kick to Riddle by Jay. Uso then dives on Team Raw. On the outside, Uso and Strowman are in the ring. Strowman catches Uso, throws him shoulder first into the post. AJ gets the blind tag. AJ eats a super kick from Jay. Uso then goes for the splash, but AJ's manager pulls him out of the ring, then goes for the phenomenal forearm. Uso kicks his legs out off the uh, top rope. And then blind tag to Keith Lee. Uso goes for the big splash, the Uso splash on Keith. Lee catches him, hits the spirit bomb. One, two, three, and it's a clean sweep for Team Raw. And I'm going to give this match a B grade. I thought this was one of the more entertaining clean sweeps I've seen. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I I liked how it led into something later on in the night. Issue I have with this show as a whole... I'm just going to go right out with it. There's no stakes here. Not a lot of stakes here. It just felt like another pay-per-view. It wasn't like... Well, at least the pay-per-views, normal pay-per-views, they have actual stakes. Like they have titles on the line or something. This was just, I guess, friendly competition. Not even brand supremacy was on the line here. But then we get what was the match of the night at this point. It's the New Day, Kofi and Xavier, the Raw Tag Champs, with Big E in their corner, taking on the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And this was a freaking banger. This was a freaking banger. Great match. We I liked that the that Street Profits in this match tried to use the New Day's finisher. And it was nice to see the New Day actually playing heels here. It was fun to fun to see that because Kofi kind of mocked Montez Ford on the outside with the solo cup. I thought that was 
a nice little bit there. And it was just fun. This was just a really good tag team match. We should see this more often out of WWE. But it seems like these are the only two tag teams in WWE at this point. But this was such a good tag team match. It put respect on tag team wrestling in WWE. And it should send a message to the creative team to give the tag teams something better to do. And give more tag team, more opportunities for tag team wrestling. But tag team wrestling. But they don't. But they don't. But this match, man. This match was so damn good. This was so good. Montez Ford's facials in this match, fantastic. Fantastic. Closing moments of this match. So Kofi, he goes for the trouble in paradise. Doc grabs his foot, drop kick to Kofi, tag to Dawkins, tag to Ford, spine buster, spine buster, frog splash combo. Ford sells his ribs. Kofi kicks out. Actually, yeah. At, that's, and that's after Midnight Hour is hit by the New Day. So the New Day hits the Midnight Hour. And then the Street Profits hits their big finishing move with the Spine Buster Frog Splash combo. Then Kofi comes out, hits uh, SOS on four. Dawkins break it, breaks it up. Top rope drop kick to Dawkins by Woods. Kofi then misses Trouble in Par- Paradise. Ford hits the trouble in paradise on Kofi. Nice bit there. Woods with the gorilla press drops Ford rib first on his knees. And then Woods sets Ford up on top for a superplex, but Ford counters. Dawkins shoves Woods off, blind tag to him. Then Woods gets placed on the shoulders of Dawkins, and Ford hops off top and hits the avalanche blockbuster on Woods to get the win. Man, 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 oh man. I can't say this enough. This was a match of the night at this point. And that's how tag team wrestling is properly done, folks. And honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't even think it's really out on a limb. Best tag team match of 2020 for WWE, period. I'm not counting NXT. I'm counting the main roster, Raw and SmackDown. Best tag team match, period, point blank, for WWE of 2020. And I liked and I liked a lot of stuff in this match. I thought the right team went over because the New Day were the established veterans and the up-and-coming team was able to get the win on them, which puts the Street Profits over. And I liked the Street Profits promo before this match. I thought it... At first, it was a little comedy, a little comedy like they normally do, but then they got really serious, and I really liked that. I liked the story they told of the up-and-coming tag team defeating the team that's been holding down the fort for the past half decades. I thought this was a nice passing of the torch. I'm going to give this match an A-. Great tag team match. Go Go out of your way to watch this one. Then we get a little bit of a a break here. We get the Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn, from SmackDown, taking on the U.S. Champion from Raw, Bobby Lashley. And the Hurt Business is surrounding the ring the whole entire time. The story here is that Zayn's trying to escape, get out of uh, Dodge, and there's some conspiracy. He thinks there's some conspiracy against him. Every time he gets out of the ring, he's surrounded by a member of the Hurt Business. Late in the match... Zane cowers out of the ring after a huluva, tick, a huluva kick attempt gets uh, reversed with a giant spine buster by Lashley. And 
Lashley throws him off the ropes and then Sammy escapes the ring. Zayn then trips over MVP's foot on the outside while the ref is actually distracted. Zayn wants a disqualification, but he's not going to get it. And MVP ends up throwing him back in the ring while the ref's distracted. Hurt lock by Lashley. Zayn taps. I thought this was a nice, simple story. Nice story told. The match quality is not like the greatest you'll ever see, but it was decent. And honestly, Sammy had nowhere to run here. He had nowhere to run away. And every time he tried to run, somebody from the Hurt Business would be there. And I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't like blow away good, but I'm going to give it a C plus. And at this point, Raw is up three to one. And then we cut to bet the back where Jay and Jimmy are standing with Paul and Roman. Jay is trying to come up with excuses on why he didn't come back and win, even though he was down five to nothing, five to one, outnumbered five to one in the tag team match. Then Roman's talking to Jay, saying you lost because you can't control your team. And then Roman went down the line of things and said, if they don't respect you, they don't respect me. Jay says, you don't have a place at the, not Jay says, but Roman says, you don't have a place at the table. Roman demands him and Jimmy, who's standing nearby, to leave the arena. And Roman Reigns is not in a great mood as he's getting prepared for his match against the WWE champion Drew McIntyre later on in the night. Then we get another great match. Another really, really good match. I'm going to say it's Raw Women's Champion, Asuka taking on SmackDown Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. And this is a lot of counter-wrestling in this. I enjoyed it for the most part. Honestly, I thought their match from uh, this summer from SummerSlam was better. But that's just my preference. But this was still a really, really good match between these two. Great counter-wrestling. At first, we thought we were getting all these submission attempts, the bank statement, both the Oscar and the Oscar lock. But they got into a pretty good match later on. Sasha hit multiple backstabbers on Asuka. And the finish went a little bit like this. Banks heads up to the top. Asuka gets her knees up on Sasha's frog splash attempts. But Banks catches her. Banks catches her and gets the bank statement in. Asuka then tries to get the Asuka lock. Banks escapes to the apron and hits a second code breaker between the ropes. Asuka then gets an ankle lock. She's gotten multiple ankle locks during this match. They exchange multiple covers. Banks hits a big kick. Asuka then hits her with a big kick. Banks with an impressive cover and pins Asuka. There was a lot of pin exchanges late, and Banks got the best of her at the end. And I thought this was a good way to keep both uh, performers looking strong. It's going to be interesting to see where Asuka goes from here because I feel like she's kind of in an interesting spot as champion. And I think it's almost time to maybe take the title off her and put someone else in that position. But who's ready for it? I don't know, really. But it was a really solid match, really good match from the two. Lots of counter-wrestling, really good mat stuff from both. I personally like their SummerSlam match a little better, but that's your prerogative. That's your pref- whatever your preference is, this match or the match from SummerSlam, I just like this one better. You can like the other one, and I have no problem. Like this one better, and I'll have no problem with it. I'm going to give this match a B+. Then we get the gobbledygooker who made his debut 30 years ago the same night as the dead man himself. Actually, R-Truth called him the Phenom. He follows the feed trail up, field trail by... 
the feed trail by Tozawa, made by Tozawa. Tozawa rolls him up. Tozawa wins the championship. And Truth hits Tozawa with the bag of feed and wins the 24-7 title back. Gooker won the title back on the pre-show, on the kickoff show. And this is what happened with it. Truth got his baby back. He is the 24-7 champion once again. Then we get probably our worst uh, match of the evening. Maybe the most poorly booked match of the evening. I don't say the worst, but it's the probably most poorly booked match of the evening. Team Raw, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce versus Team SmackDown. Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Natalia. In all honesty, this match was fine. It was fine, but some of the booking decisions during this made little to no sense. But the big story heading into this was Lana with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And Nia putting Lana through the table nine straight weeks on Raw. And Lana keeps fighting back, fighting back, and earned her spot on Team team Raw. And Nia and Shayna early on in this match instruct Lana to just stand on the ring steps. And this is a story that continues throughout the match. The first elimination in this match, interestingly was Bailey? Bailey, the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion who was claiming herself as the team captain of Team SmackDown, was eliminated. Was eliminated by Peyton Royce, who hits her finisher, the Deja Vu, to eliminate her, putting Raw up 5-4. to four. And then Natty... Ties up Royce, eventually eventually gets the sharpshooter in on Royce a few minutes later, and Royce has no choice but the tap. It's tied up at 4-2-4. Four four. And then Natty, moments later, gets the sharpshooter on Baszler. Woman's right by Lacey. That was after Lacey and Natty were fighting, and uh, Lacey missed a double jump moonsault. Now Raw, after that, woman's, woman's right from Lacey on Natty. Raw's up. Four to three. Next thing, next elimination happens after Riot fights off Shayna Baszler. Baszler catches her and locks in the Carafuda clutch. Nia provides a distraction after pulling Liv off the apron. Ruby had Shayna's shoulders down for what appeared to be what Cole said was a five count. Riot passes out. Shayna pins her four to two. Raw. And then Liv dominates Lacey. Missile dropkick by Morgan. Crucifix bomb by Morgan. Morgan, that looked really good. Morgan was one of the standouts in this match, along with a person I'm about to mention here in a moment. But Raw's up 3-2 to two after the after Evans gets eliminated by Liv Morgan after the crucifix bomb. And Morgan hits a spin around DDT, running into Gurdy on Jax. Jax is on her feet. Morgan then goes for the double knees. Jax catches her, Samoan drops her, and Liv is gone. Raw is up 3-1. Bel Air is the final one remaining for Team SmackDown. So Bel Air comes out with a flurry, attack the midsection of Jax. Bel Air backslips over Nia. She shows off her athleticism here. She is, she's got it. I'm just going to say that flat out right now. Bianca Bel Air has it. The athletic skills, the in-ring ability, the charisma, she's got it. She's got the look and everything. <laughs> She's got the whole package. Nia 
Gets her knees up on a splash attempt by Bianca. Nia then slams Bianca and hits the leg drop. Bianca kicks out at two. Nia on the second rope gets knocked out. Tagged to Baszler. Baszler locks in the Carafuda clutch. Belair goes for the front handspring moonsault after she escapes. Baszler catches her and locks it in again. Belair picks up Baszler walking to the ropes before she passes out. And Baszler gets DQ'd by not letting go of the hold. Really, really dumb, and the dumbness really continues, because, you know, for the last 20 minutes or so, Lana's been standing on the ringside steps. And you know what happens after Nia Jax goes for a Samoan drop on the announce table? Belair escapes it, and the official is counting them out right now. And they're fighting and fighting and fighting, they're trying to get back into the ring, and they both get counted out, making Lana the sole survivor of this team. So, WWE thought it was a good idea here to have Lana win by doing absolutely nothing. Oh, that's really how you build a strong baby face. Oh my gosh. That was terrible. That was, the booking in that last five minutes of that match was absolutely atrocious. I liked the match for the most part up until that point, but what are you trying to make strong Nalana your most over babyface by having her do absolutely nothing? It's kind of ass backwards. You literally just had someone get super lucky and win by doing absolutely nothing in the match. That doesn't make you a more over babyface, really. What would have probably put her over a little bit, make her made her a little bit of a babyface was costing Nia the having Nia get eliminated by what maybe just teaming up with Team Smackdown and power bombing Nia through with the announce table that would have made more sense in my mind that would have uh made her more over as a babyface she didn't have to win here but that's what raw was that's what They've been teasing on kind of building her up on raw as it's it's gonna have Lana somehow be the sole survivor here and Lana wins via a fluke. And it really makes me look forward to watching Raw Monday night. Not that I'm against Lana getting a push at all. I'm not. I'm not. She works. She's worked very hard. I'm just, the way it's being done is not right. <laughs> you gotta have her look somewhat strong instead of just being lucky. They did this with Santino Morella before, and that kind of ran out. That ran its course pretty quickly. So, that's just one example of that. But, that, there's a much better way of doing that than just having her win via fluke. She literally did absolutely nothing the whole entire match, and that's your sole survivor. I'm sorry, but that's not it. Hopefully Lana gets a push. Hopefully Lana gets a push. But this is not... This did not make a lot of people happy, I don't think. But I'm going to give this a C+. Lana gets one over on her bully, Nia Jax, as she is the sole survivor instead of Nia Jax. But Bianca Belair was the MVP of this match, in my opinion. Bianca Belair was the MVP of this match. She is a star in the making. You need to put a freaking put her on a freaking rocket ship and shoot her to the moon because she is the next big thing.
Morgan also looked good. Liv Morgan looked really good there. Along with Peyton Royce, who pinned the SmackDown Women's Champion. But I thought the match was pretty decent up until the last two or three minutes or so. But the finish, gosh, wasn't good. Wasn't good. I'm going to give this match a C+. Then we get our main event of the evening. Uh, the in-ring main event of the evening. Drew McIntyre, the WWE Champion from Raw, taking on Roman Reigns, the WWE Universal Champion from SmackDown with Paul Heyman in his corner. And this was just a good match. A really, really damn, damn good match from Roman and Drew McIntyre. Better than anything they produced back in 2019 by a damn mile. This was good stuff. Really good stuff. Roman's doing really good in storytelling. He's been doing a great job with storytelling here over the past few months. I'm going to say this right now. Drew McIntyre, he was the B, he's the he was the MVP, one of the one of the MVPs, MVPs of the first half of the COVID of this COVID era. The first 3 or 4 months, 3 or 4 5 months of this COVID era. And then Roman Reigns came in. I think he's the MVP of the second half of it so far. These two guys have carried WWE through this COVID era of wrestling. And man, did they freaking deliver a great match to finish off the show. While there was no stakes, they built it up, though, pretty well late in the match here. McIntyre charges, Reigns on the outside, Reigns hits a Samoan drop on the announce table, finally breaking it, and the table collapsed. There was terrible camera work on that, by the way, because the camera like zoomed in for some stupid reason or another. I don't know why, but bad camera work there. But then Reigns spears McIntyre through, McIntyre through the barricade. Reigns gets him back in the ring, and Drew somehow kicks out. Reigns hits. Reigns ran into a kick from Drew. Drew runs off the ropes and then eats another spear from Roman. Drew kicks out again, showing him showing him as the resilient baby face. And then Reigns says, this is a different Drew he's facing. He's talking to himself. And he says, you ain't seen this bleep before. Reigns then goes for another spear and Drew hits a Claymore, knocking on knocking uh, Reigns into the referee. And then Jey Uso, he's got to make up for what he did. Uh, wasn't able to accomplish earlier, so he comes out and helps his helps his cousin Roman Reigns. Drew knocks Jay off the apron. Low blow by Roman. Super kick by Jay. Superman punch by Reigns. And then Reigns locks in the guillotine. And then we get a new official in the ring. Drew gets to his feet, then drops down. The official lifts his arm, and Drew has passed out. And that's the end of the match. I liked how Jay got involved here. I thought it made perfect sense as he was trying to make up for what he wasn't able to accomplish earlier. He was trying to get back in the good graces of Roman. But, man, that was the match of the night. Match of the night. This keeps Drew looking strong. He did not tap out. Roman looks just as strong still. Where does this go from here? I do not know. Where does Drew go from here? Where does Roman go from here? And what I was expecting after this match was a cash-in. I was gonna, I was expecting a cash-in because honestly, when Drew was passed out, that was the perfect opportunity for Miz to swoop in and cash-in on, on Drew. But 
you know what? I'm fine with them not doing it. Somebody made a point on uh, Twitter, No Shoes Steve, shout out to you, that he'd like to see Miz have a have the briefcase for a bit longer, carry it around for a bit longer, which I agree. They need to build him up a little bit more, and I think they should. And uh, on the ramp post-match, Reigns embraces Jay, and he's back in the good graces of Roman, the head of the table. And I'm going to give this match an A. Great, great, great match. What a freaking hoss battle it was to main event the show. But then we get the final farewell of The Undertaker. 30 years of The Undertaker. 30 years to the day it was the debut of The Undertaker back at Survivor Series 1990. To put that into perspective, I wasn't even... I was born five years after that. Five years after Survivor Series 1990, The Undertaker's debut. So I was alive for... 20, I've been alive for pretty much 25 years of, of Undertaker's career. But man... It was a fitting closing to the show, I'll say that. A lot of legends came out, big show. Ric Flair, Savio Vega, Midian, God, oh God, uh, Henry O'Godwin, Rikishi, Kane, and Gear. The only one, Kane was the only one, only one that showed up in Gear. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, amongst others, and Jeff Hardy was there also because. Undertaker did kind of put Jeff Hardy on the map with that ladder match on Raw, which I definitely recommend you check out on the WWE Network if you haven't, because that's a really, really good star-making match for Jeff Hardy, Undertaker. Then they would uh, those all those legends would show up in the ring, kind of paying homage, including Shane McMahon, I forgot to mention. And then they would go to a video package, which was very well done. And then Vince would say a few words about The Undertaker introducing him, and then we get the final farewell where Undertaker's in the ring, does his, all of his old stuff. We get, like, the lightning playing the music, which was an interesting bit, and it was just a cool final entrance for The Undertaker. He finally got to do that final entrance, even though it wasn't in front of fans, but we got to see the final farewell of The Undertaker, getting to see him leave the ring for... What is the last time? And really, there will never be another. Who, what character in wrestling has endured 30 years? Who has kept himself relevant for 30 years? Just one character, pretty much. He had a modification of the character with the American Badass, but that was an adaption. He adapted. But then he went back to the Dead Man Roots back in 2004, and he's never changed it since. He's never changed since. He kept evolving as the times went on with his Undertaker character, and it stayed relevant for 30 years. Hats off to him. One of the greatest, probably the best character, the best character in all of professional wrestling history. 30 years. Thank you, Undertaker. Um, He cut a short promo, and we get a Paul Bearer hologram, which was a very, very nice thing to do. Rest in peace, Paul Bearer. We miss you. Uh, Undertaker leaves the ring for the final time, does all of his signature stuff as he leaves the ring and arena for the final time. He gets that, does that one arm up as he's turned around. And it was a very good, very class stuff from WWE there. I really, really enjoyed it. Very fitting final farewell for one of the greatest of all time. 
The Undertaker. Overall, this pay-per-view for Survivor Series, I'm going to give it a B. Reigns, McIntyre, Street Profits, New Day were great matches. Definitely recommend you check those out. You go out of your way and check those two matches out because those were definitely the best matches of the night, in my opinion. And then Banks and Asuka was pretty darn good also. While I had low expectations for this pay-per-view, it kind of surpassed them. The Survivor Series tags were a bit lacking, I'll say. The clean sweep of Raw and SmackDown, Raw, I mean Raw, clean sweep by Raw on the men's side was, I thought it was one of the more entertaining sweeps. I'm not a big fan of sweeps. It's been, it was kind of underwhelming in comparison to other Survivor Series tag team matches of the past, but there was no fans there, so you can't really do like a 50-minute match. Uh, the Women's Survivor Series, while they had some good points in that, there was some good points in that Survivor Series Women's Tag Team Elimination match. The booking at the end just sank. It just tanked it for me. They made Bianca Belair look a little bit dumb and... Uh, Having Lana win by some sort of fluke and by doing absolutely nothing the whole entire match was a lame way to do it, and WWE completely telegraphed it. But it still had some positive stuff coming out of it, out of that tag match, including Bianca Belair uh, with a pretty good perform, really good performance, Liv Morgan, and also uh, Peyton Royce with a good performance in that match also. But B-grade... Decent pay-per-view from WWE. I enjoyed it, but definitely check out the Reigns, McIntyre, Street Profits, New Day matches. Definitely worth the watch. Hope you enjoyed that Survivor Series pay-per-view review coming up on Monday. Next Monday will be the weekend review. And hopefully, 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 I'll have something here for the AEW, uh, well, a look back on AEW's first year. In the meantime, make sure to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestling and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle and make sure to super kick that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your dang podcasts. I hope you all have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thank you all for listening. And so long, everybody.